Jesus was walking on the earth, he encountered people. And today, he still wants to encounter his people. He wants to encounter his children. That's what relationship is about. You know what Paul's greatest desire was? Paul's greatest desire, his ultimate pursuit was to know him. To know him, to know him in detail, so closely to walk with Jesus. And I want to read what he says in Romans 8, verse 29 to 30. He says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. He gave them his glory. You know that scripture says that we are to become like his son. We are to become like Jesus. We are made in his image. So now we must conform to the image of Christ. How do you do that? Will you do that through reading his word, learning about Jesus because he is the word? But you also do that through encounters with him, through that encounter with him, just like Paul had when he was Saul, knowing Jesus so intimately. Because it comes down to relationship versus religion. You can either be bound by religion or you can be set free by relationship. And if you said that prayer earlier with me, you are set free by relationship with Jesus. And you could be bound by bondage, by drugs, by addiction, or you can be set free through Jesus into relationship. But just like that scripture says, that we are to become like His Son. Have you ever thought about this? How can you become like His Son? How can you become like Jesus if you have not encountered Him? If you have not had that intimate moment with Him? Because when you encounter Jesus, you learn about His character. You learn about His nature. You learn about, He reveals His love for you, His compassion that He died on the cross for your sins. So you don't have to live a life of sickness, disease of sin, but you can live a life of abundance, of blessing, of prosperity. Because when you have an encounter with Jesus, you encounter the person of Jesus. That's what it comes down to. And even in that scripture, at that end, that last part, when he says, and having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains by the mighty power of His command. Jesus is and radiates the glory of the Father. So when you have that encounter with Him, you can become like Him. You are in the glory of God because the Son is the very, Jesus is the very expression of the glory of God. He reveals who God is because we are called to encounter Him. We cannot have a relationship without Jesus, without knowing who He is, 
without encountering him, without him revealing himself to us, because that's what relationship is about. He wants you to know him. He knows you. He wants you to know him too. And he reveals himself to you through that encounter, through when he comes and he does a work in your life. And I know Nell said a while ago, you cannot still be stuck on that last encounter you had a few years ago or even last year. Jesus wants to encounter you right now, right in your room, wherever you may be tonight, listening over Link FM. He wants to encounter you, and He can do that. You don't need to come to church to be sitting here in studio with us for Him to encounter you. Sitting in your home right now, He is there. We are carriers of His presence. You can encounter Him right where you are. Because it is all through Jesus. Demons flee because of Jesus. Sickness leaves because of Jesus. Bondage has to fall off because of Jesus. Chains have to break because of Jesus. There's only salvation through Jesus. And what is he saying? He's saying, come to me now and be like me. We are to be like Jesus. There is no greater person than the person of Jesus. And as he reveals himself to you, think about the works that Jesus did while he was on earth. And what is he saying? You are to do those same works and even greater. But you can't do that by yourself. We can't do that out of our own ability. We can't do that out of our own opinions or feelings or emotions. We can only do that through encounters with Him and by His Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us because He's given us that same power, that same authority. But we have to be conformed to His image. We have to become like Jesus to do those same works that He has given the authority and power to do. But we have to have encounters with Him. We have to get into this Word. We have to read His Word to know who He is, to know what He's like, what His nature is like, what His character is like. Because when we read this Word, We are reading Jesus. You are spending time with Jesus. You are reading the works he did, how he walked on this earth. And you know, it takes me to a portion of scripture about Mary and Martha. I love that portion of scripture. It's in Luke 10, verse 38. I want to read you that whole passage. Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. And it says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said, listen to what Jesus said the very words of Jesus. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. What did Mary discover? Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. 
She was listening to what he taught. She was taking in everything he was saying. That encounter she was having at the feet of Jesus, she was taking that all in so she could go out. So she could go and do everything else she had to do. You see, there's time for those details. Yes, we walk in our purpose. We do all of that. There's time for all of those things. But we cannot forget where it starts, the encounter with Jesus. Because you know what disciples do? They sit at the feet of Jesus. That's what Mary was doing. That's what she had discovered. That was the difference. The disciples sat at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he taught, getting to know who he is, that compassion, that nature, that love that he wants to show you, that he has for you. That's what it's about. And what are we called to be? We are disciples who are to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Because as we sit at the feet of Jesus, encounter after encounter that we have to, we conform to His image, to His image. So when we walk out, who do they see? They don't see me. They don't see you. They see Jesus. We are to become like Jesus. And that was Paul's greatest desire, so that I may know Him, so that I can be conformed to Him, so that I can be just like Him. Because I can't go out and do the works of Jesus without the compassion of Jesus, without the love of Jesus, without that miracle working power that He's given us to use. At His name, demons have to flee. At His name, sickness has to leave. I can't do that by myself. You can't do that by yourself. And if we are called to do that, where does it start? Sitting at His feet, being conformed to His image every single day. As you read His Word, encounter after encounter, and He wants to encounter you. It's amazing to think that they dragged Him off to be crucified They went and got him, but they didn't have to hold him down. They didn't even have to nail him to the cross because he still would have done it. And he knew still many would reject him, but so many would accept him and be his children and say, Jesus, my greatest desire is to know you. My greatest desire is to be conformed to your image. My greatest desire on this earth is to be like you. There is no other person I want to be. You placed me on this earth. You've given me purpose. You knew what I was called to do. You've put that inside of me, but I want to do it being like you and being like Jesus. So when people see me, They encounter you. They encounter Jesus because we are conformed to His image. We are just like Him. And just like that revelation that Mary had, just like knowing I'm to sit at the feet of Jesus, I'm to listen to His teachings, what He's revealing to me. Through that encounter as I sit there, And He drops purpose. He drops a vision. He just 
envelops you with His love that He has for you so you can go out and love on His people. So you can go out and heal the sick. You don't have to walk past a sick person. You don't have to say, get better soon. You can say, you know what Jesus has given me? He's given me the power. He's given me the authority. And because I know I have encounters with Him, because I know I'm in His Word, I have a relationship with Him. At the name of Jesus, the things of this world have to leave. People are set free. And there is no greater thing that we want to see. We are walking disciples. And just like that word you heard last week, we are to go out, not in our own ability, not in our own might, not even speaking our own opinions, but He's given us His word. Jesus is the word. He's given us that to take out to the people, to His people, so we can bring all of those into this relationship that we have with Him. Because this generation, it will not fall away. No more. We take a stand right now. No more will there be bondage. No more will there be addictions. How can there be addictions in our generation, in my generation, when I have the answer, when I have that same power, that same authority that Jesus has given me? I know what He says in His Word that I'm meant to do. I'm a disciple of Him. I have that same power. Now I can go out and take back, take back the territory that the devil thinks he has taken. And this generation, that revival that we speak about, this is the generation, but it cannot sit here. It has to go out. And that is what we've been called to do. Because if we, if I'm looking and I just see Jesus, Jesus wouldn't just sit. He would go out just like He did as we read in His Word. As we read in His Word that He has given us, that we are now to take out. He is so good. And He wants to have an encounter with you. So He can reveal Himself, so you can be conformed to His image. It's not something that's unattainable that He's just written in His Word that we can't have. We can actually do what is written in His Word. It is our assignment. It's what He has commanded us to do. But it starts. We cannot forget where it starts. It starts with the person of Jesus. Because of who He is. Because of His love. Because of His compassion because of His very nature and character, that we can be conformed into His image and be just like Him. You know, now, last week, God just, and every week we're just seeing God do more and more and more. Every one of you that have been a part of these broadcasts, every week, God has just been doing more and more and more. And every single one of you, the testimonies that you carry, the very anointing, that, the, the, the freshness that you receive, the energy, just by you participating, just by you connecting. There's a reason why you watch. 
There's a reason why you are here tonight. And even as I was preparing this week, the Lord said to me, Jade, these your people in this hour are carriers of revival. I said, these your people in this hour are carriers of revival. If there are any carriers of revival in this place and watching over the airways right now, I want you to shout, I'm a carrier of revival. You can do better than that. I am a carrier of revival. <laughs> you know, I tell you, just as Peter and John, when that lame man said to them, hey, please help me. Give me something. I, I, this is not even in my notes, but this is what I hear the Lord saying today. That as a carrier of revival, that when you see a beggar on the street, when you see someone sick, bound, depressed, because you have been anointed by God and are a carrier of revival, you can do something about it. I said you can do something about it. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. When you catch that in your spirit, everything about your walk, everything about your talk changes. <laughs> I said everything about your walk, everything about your talk changes. Wherever you find yourself, because you are a carrier of revival, you bring change. You bring the solution. See, this is, I want to give you three keys today for you to live in the reality of revival. For you to live and carry revival into your generation. I want you to write these down. The first one is this. Prayer. Intentional and prevailing, not travailing. You see, many people are praying. Too many people are praying. And they stay in their prayer closet all day. They stay there and they don't do anything. You see, when you are on your knees praying to Father God, when you're on your knees seeking the face of God, God gives you a divine instruction for you to get up and do something. See, this is not the hour to sit back and just pray. This is not just the hour to sit back and say, Lord, you know, if it's thy will that you send revival, oh God, and you get all Christian about it and, spray, and jump around and, 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 and sing songs and dance. Because you are a carrier of revival, you hear what the Lord is saying, thus says the Lord through you tonight, and this is what the Lord's saying to every single one of you today, that He's going to use you. He's going to use you. You see, the first key is revival. It's, not, it's, it's prayer. It's not about you just sitting in your prayer closet and not getting up and doing something. You see, prayer has to be tactical and it has to be intentional. See, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, Verse 14, it says, If my people, that's you and me, children of God, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves, seek my face, pray and crave and require of necessity my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. You see, prayer doesn't just stay in the closet. When you receive a divine instruction from the Lord that divinely and supernaturally empowers you to go out and to make a difference in your generation. And I see that happening for you tonight in the name of Jesus. If you receive it, come on, shout I receive. The second key is this. True repentance. 
true repentance. You see, Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to 21 says this. So repent. Change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God. That your sins may be erased. That your sins may be erased. Blotted out and wiped clean. That times of refreshing. Everybody say refreshing. That is revival. Times of refreshing. People coming back to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is revival. That is a fresh hunger, a refreshed hunger for the things of God. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, maybe they'll be filled. It doesn't say maybe. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. But it comes with a hunger and a thirst after righteousness. What is righteousness? Holy living. You know, David writes in Psalm 24 and he says, Whom shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Only those with clean hands and a pure heart. You see, if you want God to use you through mightily, operate in His power through you, it starts with purity. It's birthed in purity. It's birthed in you living a consecrated, holy life unto God. Now again, you may perceive holiness as weird. I'm not telling you to be weird. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this. The Bible doesn't say, be ye lit for I am lit. The Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. And it's from that place of purity and holiness that God says, I see you right now living a consecrated life, living a life committed to me, that I can let revival flow forth from you. I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 30 years old. 30 and I refuse to get to the age of 35 and not see people come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ every single day of my life let me tell you when the devil tells you not to do something once you do it 1,000 times over when he says why are you winning souls that's boring that's weird why are you living a holy life why are you living a pure life you do it a hundred and a thousand times over just to stick it in the devil's face that he's been defeated, he's not over my head, he's under my feet. I tell you, the only way that I can boldly de declare and proclaim the way I'm living, the way, this way in front here right now and over the airwaves, is because I've chosen to live a consecrated and holy life. You know, in, in, in Uncle Greg's famous words, opportunity meets preparedness. Everybody say that right now. Opportunity meets preparedness. Someone put that in the chat right now in the comment section. Opportunity meets preparedness. Right now you're saying, Lord, I want to minister. I want to do all this stuff for you. But there's no opportunity. How well have you been preparing? Have you been sitting at the feet of the Father as Taylor was rightfully saying? Have you been seeking the face of God? Have you been so intimate with God that you say, Lord, I don't care what people think. I want your fire. I want your power to operate through me. See, if you're not willing to get undignified, if you're not willing to get, to be, a, to, to, to be ostracized and criticized for carrying the power of God, I tell you, you will never experience His fullness flowing through your life. And right now, I'm going to give you the third key. Soul winning. Soul winning. Keep the fire burning. Soul winning. More than ever before as a carrier of revival, the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. Leviticus 6.13 
says that the fire shall be continually burning upon the altar. That means the fire that every single one of you carry right now on the inside of you, you've got to stoke that fire. You've got to keep it continually burning. You've got to keep the fire burning by the Word of God. Because in this hour, let me tell you, there are many things trying to get to your fire, trying to get to what you carry on the inside of you, what you have. But tonight, today, everything changes for you in Jesus' mighty name. I want you to stand up right now in your homes as well. I want you to prophetically stand up. We're going to make a prophetic act. And I truly believe every single one of you stand up in this auditorium right now. As we, as we step into the new, as we prophetically step over into the new, and you say, Lord, from this moment onwards, I draw the line in the sand. It's written in the sand. The line has been drawn. And as you step over that line into a life of holiness, into a life of purity, into a consecrated life, seeking after the face of God, a new anointing, a fresh anointing comes upon you today to carry revival to your generation. So get ready. I want you to draw the line in the sand right now in front of you, in your homes, draw it in the sand right now. Draw it before you. And we're about to step in. We're about to step in. We're stepping over the line. And from this moment onwards, everything about your life changes because you are a carrier of revival. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Raise your level of expectation. I want to hear you right now. Get ready. Three, two, one. Step over. Step over into the new. Step over. Everything changes from henceforth. You are a carrier of revival to your generation. Come on. I want to hear you right now. Lift up a shout of praise for Jesus. Hallelujah. We feel you working. We see you moving all around. We feel your presence. We feel you tugging at our hearts. Everyone under the sound of my voice, I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to become aware of the presence of God that's already here. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm attentive. Speak to me like you already have been. I take your words. I am attentive to it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know what? The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals Jesus to us. Like Taylor was saying, my deepest desire is to know Jesus. But do you know who reveals Jesus to us? It's His Spirit. Jade was talking about a viral revival where we not only stay in this place of prayer, but we go out. Do you know who empowers us? It's the Holy Spirit. He is the very presence of God. He is the very power of God. And He is in every single child of God. Last night, when I was thinking about tonight, I just went and lie on my bed. I said, Jade, stay in the TV room. 
I need to lie on the bed and just spend time with Jesus. And as I was there laying on my bed, listening to worship music, all of a sudden, like, it's not like I was thinking I was in the Word or I was, I mean, I just put my son to bed. We just said, good night, Jesus, we love you. And I went into the room, I put worship music in my ears. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere changed. And this generation, this next generation is going to be a generation known for the presence of God. When people see you, they're going to say, I know that person because I experience the presence of God every time I hear them speak, every time I encounter them. Because you know what? You might be charismatic. You might have the greatest voice. You might know everything that you have to say. But what changes lives is the presence of God. Only the Holy Spirit can go where no surgeon can go. Only the Holy Spirit can go where no psychologist can go. Only the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself. And tonight, I want to teach you to get to that place where no matter where you are, when you close your eyes, when everything is quiet, it might not be quiet around you, But in your spirit, in your heart, all you experience is His presence. So when I illustrate it like this, this is my step. This is my moment. This is my meeting place with Jesus. Each and every one of us need that place where we go. That place where we turn off the thoughts and the distractions and the worry. Where we're not thinking about anything else but Jesus. We need that place. So no matter what I'm going through in life, no matter what hits my family, no matter what happens in school or what happens in my workplace, I'm going here. And I'm saying, Lord, here I am. And I feel Him even right now. I want you to go to that place. Come, let's make it practical. You in your home, you watching me on whichever platform, go to that place where it's just you and Jesus, where the Holy Spirit makes Jesus real to you, where He comes in like a flood because His presence is tangible. Be like Moses that says, God, I won't go unless your presence goes with me. There's a place where we can go. And it's the presence of God. So the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. He makes us one with God. Have you ever thought about that? 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He who is one with the Lord is one spirit. Many of us gave, or many of you gave your life to Jesus tonight, praying with Taylor. When you asked the Holy Spirit to come in, He made you one with the Creator. One with God. 
the one who owns everything, who created everything, all resources belong to Him, all wisdom is His. In Him, everything has their being. Without Him, everyone is nothing. Nothing exists. You are one with Him. And why? The Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, I love this chapter so much. That the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals it to us. It says that no one knows you better than your spirit does. No one knows God better than His spirit does. But God gave you His spirit. Is there anything that you cannot know? Is there any place in which you can lack when you have the greatest power a part of you? You are in union with God. Can you sin? Can you live in disobedience? Can you be mediocre? You can. The choice is yours. But you have to understand that we are living in a time and why the four of us are so passionate about our, our generation. Because Jesus is coming back soon. And there's going to come a day where we stand before Jesus face to face. And it won't just be um, a proverbial place. We will literally stand face to face with Jesus. And He's going to ask us, what did you do with the victory that I won for you on the cross? What did you do with my spirit that I so freely gave you? John 3 verse 34 says that he whom God has sent speaks the words of God and God gives him the spirit without measure. That is said of Jesus. But then in 1 John 4 17, the Bible tells us that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Therefore, we have the spirit without measure. Can sickness be a part of us? No. Can lack be a part of us? No. And even if it tries, can it stay? Will you refuse it? Will you accept it? You cannot. Because guess what? Because you are one with the Holy Spirit, you are the ultimate representative of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us, we are Christ's ambassadors. We represent Christ. When people see you, do they see Jesus? When people speak with you, do they hear the voice of God? When you go through difficult situations, do you allow it to overtake you? Or do you understand that the words of Jesus when He said in John 16, 33, In this world you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, 
fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. You've been wondering why you've been sucking in a few things. Sorry, excuse me for the lack of better words. You've been wondering why you are having all these issues, why you are struggling, why you are falling into temptation over and over and over again. Why you keep falling back for the same person that keeps hurting you and God has told you on a number of occasions, leave them. God's told you, get away from those friends. They are corrupting you. But you keep going back. Why? You see, when we stay in this place, when I'm just in the presence of God, I don't care about friends. I don't care about that person that I think I like and need in my life. I don't care about sin and disobedience because everything that I need is here. In His presence. But when I decide, you know what, Lord, it's fine. You know, I spent time with you yesterday, so I'm going to skip it for today. I'm rather going to watch series. Oh, God, I know that you said that I shouldn't speak to this person, but they need me. They don't need you. They need Jesus. And until you are so secure in this place where you cannot be influenced by anything or anyone, then perhaps God can use you. But sometimes God doesn't use you because He knows you are going to be so influenced. You know, this story in John 15 or this analogy that Jesus is using here, with his disciples, explaining to them the importance of him being the vine and them being the branches. Have you ever seen when a branch disconnects even one millimeter from the actual trunk? That branch is definitely, maybe, maybe slowly, it's surely surely going to die. It's going to wither. It's going to start drying up. It's going to fall off. And then guess what happens? It gets burnt in the fire. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. If we even allow one millimeter of separation, we are allowing ourselves to dry up and we will eventually die out. This is why every time you feel like there's a separation, like you've sinned, like you've been disobedient, like you were in unbelief, you run straight back to your place where you say, Lord, I know I messed up, but I'm coming back. Lord, I know I didn't obey your voice yesterday, but today I choose, I repent. Come now and sort me out. I want to be with you. I want to obey you because I know you are life. Too many times us as young people, when we sin, when we're disobedient, when we do something we know we shouldn't, we run away from God. You're acting like He don't know what you did. He knows. 
and still He loves you. But it's our responsibility to get back to that place where God is just you and me. Holy Spirit, where you reveal Jesus to me. Where you connect me vitally to the Father. Where you teach me all things and you show me things that is to come. The Bible tells us in 1 John 2 that no man, when we have the anointing, who is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we don't even need any man to teach us because the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. So let me ask you a question. Who else do you need? When you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything. You have Jesus. You have God the Father. You have the wisdom that you need. You have revelation. You have knowledge of the future. You have healing. You can cast out demons out of people. Why? It's not you doing it. It's the Holy Spirit doing it through you. So right now I want everyone to stand in this place. And if you are at home, stand with me. Do what you have to do. We prayed the prayer of salvation but some people listening to me right now you've never been baptized by the Holy Spirit the Bible says everyone close your eyes and lift your hands even if you can't pray in tongues pray in tongues right now done are the days where we are discrediting the power of the Holy Spirit where we are ashamed of the Holy Spirit the Bible tells us in Acts 2 that when they were all together in the upper room in unity the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind and tongues our fire were above each head and they began to speak in tongues. They began, to, they began to proclaim mysteries. They were speaking in diverse languages as a sign for everyone around them. And when you read the, the latter part of Acts, or from Acts 2 onwards to the end, you'll find that the reason why the, disciple, the disciples were so effective, so powerful, was because they were so intimate with the Holy Spirit. Paul was so intimate that he would hear what the Spirit would tell him. He wouldn't go into a certain nation just because the Holy Spirit said, don't go. But he would go when the Holy Spirit said he must go. And there he found the greatest victories. Too long. We have been moving, living apart from the Holy Spirit. So I want everyone to go to that place. Close your eyes. Turn off the noise. Turn off the distraction. Jesus wants to come in like a flood. The Holy Spirit wants to release that heavenly language that belongs to you so that you can truly do what Jude tells us to do, that we must build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You want to edify yourself? You want to get into the presence immediately? Start praying in tongues. Come on, believers. If you can pray in tongues, I want to hear you pray. If you have the desire to receive tongues tonight, I just want you to say, Jesus, I receive. 
I receive your free gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in tongues. By faith, receive it now in Jesus' name. Open your mouth and declare the works of the Lord. This will be a generation known for the power of God, known for the fire of God. This generation will be known for the presence of God. We are carriers of revival, carriers of Jesus, carriers of the Holy Ghost. He can, he can tell you what no man can. He can minister through you like no person can. You can be the most inexperienced person, but because you have the Holy Ghost, He knows exactly what to say, what to do, who to lay hands on. Don't leave this place tonight. Don't let this broadcast end without you praying in tongues. Holy Spirit is here. His presence is where you are. All you have to do is open your hands and say, Jesus, here I am. Use me. Fill me. I want to hear you praying in tongues. If you've received tongues tonight, I want you to lift up your hands in boldness. I want you to put it in the comment section by using fire emojis. If you've received tongues tonight, in this place, lift up your hands. There are people who are needing to see that someone received it by faith. Amen. I believe even right now in this atmosphere, there's people that are encountering Jesus like they've never encountered Him before. Some of you can feel the manifest presence of God all over you. Don't push it away. Receive it. We serve a God who is mindful of us, who loves us, who cares for us, who desires for us to be near unto Him. What I want to remind you tonight, I had a whole message, but again, I'd rather follow the flowing of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to get up wherever you are. Just allow the Lord to touch you in this place and at home. But I want you to recognize that the only unique thing about Pentecost, and this has become more and more real to me, even tonight, is that the only thing unique about Pentecost was that it was the first time. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verses 1, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Jesus, I thank you that even right now, your spirit is coming in like a mighty rushing wind and is settling upon every single hungry heart that is present and that's also watching online. I thank you, God, that you're filling them afresh, even in this hour, to do what you've called them to do. For the awakening that is ahead of us and that is among us, that is even nearer than any man thought. For I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that I shall do it again. And I shall do it at a greater level. And the signs and wonders of old shall look like nothing compared to that which I'm about to do in this final hour, in this final move. For indeed the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready for picking. The harvest is ready. And even tonight, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that He is preparing His laborers like never before. And the laborers that are serious and the laborers that are sold out, the laborers that are marked by the fire, the laborers that are fully persuaded, the laborers who are unashamed, the laborers who are hungry, tonight they're being set apart. Tonight they're being marked once again. Tonight they're being marked by His fire, by His anointing, by His glory. For they shall go out into the field. They shall lay their hands upon the sick and I shall confirm the word. Says the Spirit of the Lord, I shall confirm it. And they shall see signs and wonders. And many shall marvel once again. And many shall look upon them and say, what boldness is this that you possess on the inside of you? What is it that you are carrying? And there is going to be moments, saith the Lord, that revival is going to break forth in streets. That revival is going to break forth outside of stores. That revival is going to break out in colleges. That revival is going to break out in schools. And it's going to be done by people that are no names. But those that are hungry, they've got a name in heaven. Their name might not be big on earth, but they They've got a name in heaven and they're marked by hunger and they're marked by boldness and right now tonight they're rising up and tonight they're stepping out and tonight they're stepping forward and the Lord says even right now it's beginning tonight it's beginning this very moment the revival that every one of us has been praying for I see the Lord and I sense it in my spirit in such a in such a way that I've never experienced it before right now that tonight is a pinnacle moment for the young people, for the next generation. Arise. Arise, children of God. Arise. Whew. Glory to God. Arise, for the time has come. Arise. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, Arise. 
whom shall I send? Let your cry tonight, young people in this auditorium. Let your cry be, here am I, God send me. Let that be your cry tonight. Every single one of you that's watching me at home, let that be your heart's cry, God, here I am. Send me. I will go. I will speak. For God has already done everything that He needs to do. The Bible says that them that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Bible says that the whole of creation awaits. The whole of creation, the whole of the world awaits for the manifestation of the sons of God. The true children of God. The whole world waits for you to make yourself manifest. For you, wherever you find yourself at, Wherever you're walking, think about this. Someone is waiting for you to pray for them. Somebody is waiting for you to love them. Somebody is waiting for you to tell them about Jesus. Somebody is waiting for you. There's a world out there that's waiting for you to open up your mouth and let them know that it's not over for them. How long are we going to make creation wait for us? How long until we open up our mouths at school? How long until we open up our mouths at university? When everything's falling apart, how long until we stand up and say there's a way, there's a truth, there's a life, and His name is Jesus Christ. And I'm here to let somebody know that it's time to stop waiting and tonight is the night to start walking in it. We're not here to ask permission from the devil. We're not here to ask permission from the world. We're not here to let the devil tell us what to do. We're here to enforce it in Jesus' name. For the Bible say that the kingdom of heaven suffer violence and the violent take it by God has called us to enforce it in this hour. Young people, you watching me right now, there is somebody that needs you to pray for them. There's someone that needs you to let them know that greater is He that's on the inside of you right now and you can lay hands upon them and see them made whole, see them give their life to Jesus, see them filled with the Holy Ghost, see them made new, see them restored, see them delivered, see them set free, step into purpose. The reality is that you carry it on the inside of you. You know, I preached this last week, but God is ministering it again to me and I feel the leading of the Holy Ghost on it again tonight. The revelation that you carry the answer needs to, needs to come and need to be our priority once again. There's people that are depressed that want to kill themselves. There's people that are suffering that want to end it all. 
and you carry the answer. You carry the solution. And I want you to know this, that even in this final hour of time, the gates of hell will still not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that greater, not just great, the Bible says greater is he that is on the inside of me than he that is in the world. The greater one on the inside of me, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, lives in you, lives in me, and is empowering you in this hour to operate as an overcomer, to operate in the fullness of God, to step into all that He has for you, to kick the devil in the teeth every single day of your life. He's empowered us for this hour to operate as overcomers. You know, that's the reality of Jesus. In this world, you'll have trials and tribulations, Jesus said, but said, but be of good cheer for I have overcome. And I'm sure you've heard Shantae say it a number of times, whatever is true of Jesus is true of you. Because as he is in heaven, so are we in this world. If Jesus is an overcomer, you're an overcomer. His reality is your reality. And I'm here to let somebody know that there is a devil whose teeth need, need to be kicked in by the children of God. I'm sick of seeing the devil take young people's lives. I'm sick of seeing the devil destroy young people's lives. Now is the hour for us to arise. For indeed it is now the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. Close your eyes and lift up your hands and say this with your spirit. I am empowered for this hour. Say this with your spirit. I am an overcomer. I am anointed. I am appointed. I am set apart. And just lift up those hands. Cumbre shehala basica lomumbre. Menge lebra mambra sibra. Leka liba soho. Lenge leba sabra. For I see this next generation operating just like Jesus. Even as He gave us the divine instruction that you shall do the same works and greater. I believe that this next generation will be of those that operate in that in Jesus' name. Say this with your spirit. I will operate. I don't believe you. I will operate. I still don't believe you. I will operate as an overcomer in Jesus' name. And everybody says...
if there's something I want you to recognize is that revival is not late to revivals now. This is the moment to preach the gospel. This is the moment to be made manifest to continue destroying the works of the devil. This is the moment for us to read the word, believe the word, step into the word, act on the word and see testimonies from the word. This is the moment for us to pray persistently and praise perpetually. This is the moment for us as the next generation and every single one of you that's watching to step into all that God has for you. We thank you for what Jesus did for us. We make ourselves aware of it right now in this place. You are great and greatly to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.